Hello guys and girls and welcome back to another episode of Seb Talk Sports. That intro at the top was created by All Pro New York Giants running back, now music creator and friend of the show, David Wilson. Go and check him out on his social media platforms at 4stillrunning on Twitter and Instagram and his music under David E. Wilson across all good music streaming services. He's available for business so hit him up if you're looking for some beats for your podcast. Before I get into this episode I just want to say that if you're not already following Seb Talk Sports across all platforms then please do. You can find me on Facebook, Seb Talk Sports, YouTube, Seb Talk Sports, Twitter at Seb Talk Sports, and Instagram, where I'm primarily active, again, at Seb Talks Sports. Today, I've got another very special guest, one of the greatest NFL analysts in the world, NFL Network's very own Brian Boldinger. Enjoy! My guest today is a 12-year NFL veteran offensive lineman who played for the Dallas Cowboys, Indianapolis Colts, and Philadelphia Eagles one of the greatest football analysts in the world, and an NFL Network icon. It's an absolute honour to welcome Brian Boldinger to Step Talk Sports. Boldy, how are you today? I'm good, Sebastian. I'm always in a mood to talk some football here. I'm actually at NFL Films here in Mount Laurel, New Jersey. I've been studying Aaron Rodgers Ooh. from 2011. Mm. I'm just kind of admiring just how sensational he was. He's still the highest quarterback back rating of all time in any given year in over 100 years of the NFL and it was just one sensational laser throw after another. so I'm just I'm just here kind of fooling around having some fun thank you very much for coming on so if we go right back to the beginning I know you played a lot of a uh, variety of sports growing up so what are your mm-hmm. earliest memories of either playing or watching sport and how did you end up falling into position of being an offensive lineman well, you don't really start out playing sports thinking about playing the offense line. You kind of mm. end up there, you know. But uh, I, I, uh, my dad was in the military. My dad pl- was an All-American football player at Navy, um, was, uh, was a Marine, was a, a, a pilot in the Marines, coached at the Naval Academy with Steve Belichick. So, you know, for my earliest memories, I remember watching football with my, my dad, you know, maybe six years old, probably playing – well, definitely playing in the street and playing in the backyard and all that stuff. Mm. You know, when I was seven, eight, having a catch with my dad, uh, throwing the football around with my two brothers at some point. And then all my friends all played. You know, we all played touch football or flag football just growing up. And I probably probably moved on to Pop Warners at some probably sometime around age 10 mm. or 11. Probably the first time I ever really played organized football. But um, – Actually, just growing up, Sebastian, I played every sport. I played baseball. I played basketball. I played tennis. Mm. Um, I loved ping pong. I mean, I, I mean, I, I probably played sports every day of my life growing up, you know, one or another. Yeah, fantastic. Um, okay, so you represent a very unique figure in NFL history in that you played alongside your two brothers in the league, uh, Rich and Gary, and you even played with Gary on the Colts, um, sort of in the back end of the 80s. So... As the first family to have three players, three brothers playing in the league alongside each other, and then until TJ Watt got drafted by the Steelers, yeah, um, yeah. how did it feel to share that experience with your brothers? And most importantly, who held the bragging rights most of the time? Well, my youngest brother, Gary, um, he, he deserves the bragging rights. He was the youngest, so he took a lot of abuse <laughs> from me and my brother Richard growing up. And then he ended up playing on two – two of the Super Bowl teams of the Buffalo Bills, four in a row. Mm. And he was on the team for the third. He just wasn't active Super Bowl Sunday. But, you know, he was he was part of those great teams at Buffalo. Uh, he, he backed up uh, Jeff Wright at nose tackle, but played alongside Bruce Smith. Had a bunch of tackles against the Giants in Super Bowl 25 down in Tampa. 
We were all in the front row for that one, uh, 1990. Uh, it was fun, Sebastian. I, honestly, honestly, it was, uh, you know, me and my brother Richard, we came in the league in 1982 together. I was with the Cowboys and he was with the Giants. And we probably talked um, after every single game mm. that we that we played in for probably a dozen years. Um, my brother, my youngest brother, Gary's coming down to see, uh, see a place of mine in Florida. He's bringing all his kids down this weekend. So I'm excited about that. <laughs> I think football always kind of bonded us and mm -hmm. it still does. Uh, we're still at, you know, we're, my brother Richard's still involved in football as a college football analyst, does a lot of stuff for the chiefs, was excited for him this year when the chiefs, you know, mm -hmm. won their first Super Bowl since, you know, in 50 years. So, uh, it's been a big moment for – he still lives in Kansas City. Mm. Big moment for him and big moment for the Chiefs. Mm. Absolutely. Um, so, I mean, I could sit here for hours and just reel off the list of players you've played with and against during your time in the NFL, just sort of like – just an, a list of Hall of Famers that could go on forever, mm. um, including Randy White, who I'll get to in a little bit. Um, but who would you say is the best player you've ever played with in the NFL? And as an offensive lineman, who was the hardest defensive end to ever um, come at you? Well, we, I just put the, together the list for the NFL last week, as a matter of fact, mm. the top five teammates that I ever had. And I think ah. I can, you know, in, in order, I think I went Reggie White, Randy White, mm. Eric Dickerson, Tony Dorsett, all four of those in the Hall of Fame, and Ray Donaldson, who was the center uh, when I was in Indianapolis for four years, played next to him for four years at guard, took over for him one year at center when he got hurt, only time he's ever been hurt, but he played 17 years. He was uh, as good as any offense lineman I ever played with, and he deserves to be in the Hall of Fame, won a Super Bowl with the Cowboys. But I'd say that's that's the order. I think, you know, anytime you had to go up against Lawrence Taylor, mm -hmm. I played against him when I was in college, mm -hmm. played against him when I was in Dallas, and he was with the Giants and then Indianapolis. I mean, he was the best. Mm -hmm. um, interiorly, though, um, th th there was a lot of players in, in, inside. I mean, Big Hands Johnson from the Chargers. Yeah. And, um, you know, if I, if I go to – Gosh, Eric Swan was a handful when he was with the Cardinals. I mean, he was just as big and strong as anybody ever played against um, and mean, too. So, I mean, the list could could go on and on for this entire program, really, Sebastian. <laughs> Very nice. Um, okay, so let's talk about coaches quickly. Um, you had the pleasure of playing under some of the greatest players or greatest head coaches ever, um, such as, you know, Hall of Famer and two-time Super Bowl champion Tom Landry with your time at the Cowboys. Um, how much did you learn from Mr. Landry? And how much did what he taught you as a player continue to affect your work today? He was a sensational coach, Sebastian. I, I tell people all the time, it's hard to believe. But on Mondays, after win or loss, the entire team went into a film room and Coach Landry went through every single play, offense, defense, and special teams. Wow. He was the only coach that talked. He did. It was a three-hour film session. And I don't care if you beat Seattle 35-3, to three, you felt like you lost. It was always something to learn. Mm. Uh, he, he was just an amazing coach. He was organized. He knew offense. He knew defense. He was there in Green Bay for a long time with Vince Lombardi. They, they competed against each other as coordinators. Of course, they all went their separate ways. Um, you know, I'm sorry, from the New York Giants, they were there together, together with the Giants. Of course, you know, Vince went on to Green Bay and Landry went on to Dallas roughly about the same time. Mm. And so I feel like Coach Landry – couldn't help but make you a better player. He wanted to make you a better player, a better person. Mm. Just the way you handle yourself in public, how you traveled, how, you know, representing the Dallas Cowboys with him as a head coach, it was done with class. 
I think he helped me off the field as much as he helped me on the field, just being really disciplined. I mean, even at the very end of his career, he was in the, he was the best shape of any coach I ever played with. I mean, he didn't have an ounce of body fat on him. He worked out every day. He really took care of himself. He, I mean, he, he really presented himself really well. He understood that he was the message. I mean, we all looked up to him. Yeah. Um, okay, so I am a Jaguars fan. I don't know if you can see behind. Um, and it's fair to say we've had our fair share of struggles over the course of the last decade, apart from that 2017 season. Um, so I want to know from you, how much do you believe in Gardner Minshew and what are your current views on the state of our organization and the future it holds? Well, I mean, it's hard to believe that, you know, just two years ago, Sebastian, they were, you know, uh, had a 10-point lead in the fourth quarter of the AFC Championship mm. game. And it almost seems like, you know, from Talvin Smith retirement to uh, Jalen Ramsey and A.J. Boye moving on, I mean, just Calais Campbell moving on, I mean, just the heart of that football team on that team right there defensively. Mm which was amongst the league's best then is gone. And so it's a rebuild project um, for Doug Marone. And, you know, it, it seems like he's changed his offensive coaches over and over again, but I liked what I saw from Gardner Minshew. Mm -hmm. I liked his leadership. I liked his accuracy. I liked his toughness. I liked when he was benched and came back, how he performed. Um, look, you know, Nick, Nick Foles, you know, it just didn't work out, you know, injury wise, health wise from the first game against the Kansas City Chiefs you know, getting hurt like that. But, you know, that's that's what this league is built on. You know, I mean, uh, Trent Green got hurt one year and, you know, Kurt Warner took over and, you know, next thing you know, it's the greatest show on turf and Kurt is in the Hall of Fame. I mean, you don't know until you get the opportunity. I like what I saw from Gardner. Hmm. So the offensive line has to continue to stay strong. They're, they're rebuilding the receiving core. Um, they're in a tough division. They're just in a tough division. Phil Rivers in the division right now. Deshaun Watson's in the division. You know, right now, Ryan Tannehill was the highest-rated quarterback in the league last year mm -hmm. in his, I don't know, uh, 11, 12 starts with with Tennessee. So, you know, Gardner Minshew is the youngest quarterback in that division, uh, the most inexperienced. And so, uh, you know, look, he, he's going to be looking up at, I think, three really good quarterbacks right now. Mm. No, I completely agree. Um, okay, so we saw on the NFL 100 team recently just the sort of sheer depth and talent the NFL has produced over the last century. Um, but as an analyst, who would you say is your favorite player to analyze both in the past and at present? Well, I think I'll start with the present. I mean, it's impossible. I'm on the third floor of NFL films here, Sebastian. It's, it's where I've quarantined myself every <laughs> single day during this pandemic. But I mean, it's basically where I live. And, hmm. you know, any given day, I could put Patrick Mahomes on. Yeah. And he, he, like, I don't care how many times you watch these throws. They just keep wowing you. You never get tired of watching him play football. I mean, he's the single greatest talent in this league right now and, and maybe the best young talent we've ever seen. I mean, I saw Dan Marino when he came into the league in 1983. Saw him beat us when I was in Dallas in 1984. And Dan Marino wowed you. And he still does. You put on, you know, tape from the 80s and early 90s. I mean, Marino could do that. But Patrick Mahomes right now is just a player that you just can't stop watching. Mm. Um, if I had to go back and watch a player, I mean, watching Darrell Revis in 2009, mm. I don't know that anybody ever played any position better than Darrell Revis did in 2009. I mean, he took on the league's best receivers, Andre Johnson, you know, Ocho Cinco, I, you know, uh, you know, I mean, Reggie Wayne, I, I go through a list of every receiver that he just completely shut down. Mm. And it was in a way that we 
really never seen anybody shut anybody down. And that's not to take away from Charles Woodson, who was the MVP that year, because he was sensational too. Or what Dion had done, you know, for in all of his time in the NFL. I mean, but Darrell Revis, he was my favorite player in the league that back then. Um, I always learned something from 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 Darrell. And so, I mean, those are two guys off the top of my head to answer your question. Mm, yeah, I can't really – I mean, Darrell Revis was the shutdown corner of shutdown corners in that 2009 season. Just an incredible talent. Um, okay, so I want to quickly move to your broadcasting career. Mm-hmm. Uh, you've been broadcasting for no fewer than 23 years now, and you continue to provide excellent analysis on NFL Network um, and NFL Total Access, of course. Um, what is it you truly love about broadcasting that's made you want to do it for nearly a quarter of a century now? Well, it's the closest thing that I could find, Sebastian, that um, of playing the game. I mean, nothing replaced playing the game for anybody. I mean, everybody kind of struggles a little bit. But I, I found, man, game days to me, I, I, honestly, I wake up, every Saturday or Sunday, whether I'm doing a college game or an NFL game uh, for national radio or college game for Fox sports. And I just, first thing I do when I open my eyes, I just, it, it, it's game day. Like yeah. it, that feeling is just like, it, it's special. And then the whole preparation, getting ready, getting dressed, getting to the stadium, getting down on the field before a game. I love spending time down the field before the game. College games are different than the NFL game, whether it's the band, the cheerleaders, uh, the student body, Mm. in some of these stadiums but then the nfl the a chance to go down there and catch up let's say with khalil mack three hours before kickoff when he's going through his you know pre-game ritual yeah um you know a, a chance to talk to patrick mahomes three hours before kickoff when he's just down there sitting on a bench being just a regular old joe talking to the trainers and the fullbacks and you know some uh you know some some of the video guys for the chiefs where you can really just enjoy you know some some time learning something about not necessarily picking the brain about the game but just learn something about the week the preparation the team the game what it meant uh those those days those times right now sebastian are infinitely special and i never take them for granted and i just feel like game days in a booth talking about football it it never it never ever gets old for me it it always feels special to me i love to hear that Okay, so we're just about to enter the 2020 season, depending on how things turn out with the pandemic. Um, and while the league is ever-changing, who, in your opinion, are the current favourites in both the AFC and the NFC? And who would win your dream Super Bowl matchup next February in Tampa? Well, I can't, I, I can't go against the Super Bowl 54 champs, mm. the Kansas City Chiefs. They, they, they bring back almost the same team that won the Super Bowl. And they're bringing back the Super Bowl MVP and the best player in the league. Yeah. And so Patrick Mahomes is going to really play with the same offense that he's been playing with Tyree kill and Travis Henry, or, you know, and uh, Travis Kelsey and, you know, Tyreek and Sammy Watkins. I mean, they're all coming back and yeah. I think they've improved at running back. They got a, a great player at the end of the first round from LSU. I like the chiefs. I like the chiefs. I'm sure that the Ravens are going to give it everything you got to compete with them. And, you know, if they had beaten Tennessee, maybe that would have been a great game. They played each other. Uh, right now, you know, two years in a row, and they've been great games between Baltimore and Kansas City. So, I, I mean, they'll be my two favorite in the AFC right now. In the NFC, look, San Francisco just took a, an unbelievable blow this week when they lost Cebo, Debo Samuel. Yeah, of course. Who, a, a broken fifth metatarsal, a Jones fracture. He's going to miss the whole offseason here uh, in preseason. Now, maybe he's ready to go week one. I, I don't know that yet. I'm not sure. But, um, that's a big blow considering they already lost Emmanuel Sanders. Yeah. 
So, but I still like I still like the 49ers. I still love the way they run the ball. I like their defensive front. Uh, so I'll still take the 49ers and look, I don't know. I, I mean, can the Cowboys under Mike McCarthy really mm. play up to their talent level? Mm. The talent says offensively they should be much better than what they have been, especially at the end of key games. So I know in Philadelphia here, that would really that would really tick off a lot of people. <laughs> I said the Cowboys and the 49ers mm. right now, but I'll take the Cowboys and the 49ers right now. I, mm. I think that Mike McCarthy can get the best out of Dak Prescott right now with a really talented offense. Okay, and then of those four teams, who do you think is most likely to win? Do you think still Chiefs or another team? I still – well, you know what? Look, I, I, I'll say that uh, it's hard to repeat. We've seen that. You yeah. know, the Patriots were the last team to do that in the early 2000s. Yeah. But I'll take the Ravens. I mean, I think the Ravens are stacked. And I think Lamar Jackson, even though he was one of only two unanimous MVPs in the league, Tom Brady in 2010 and Lamar in 2019, I think Lamar – can get better. I, I think mm. his deep ball accuracy to Hollywood Brown and others can get better. And I think he's worked on it this all season. And I think uh, I'll, I'll take the Ravens. I'll, I'll take the Ravens as a team to win this Super Bowl. They got close last year, best regular season team, but obviously they've been disappointing at home back to back years in the playoffs. But I see they get over the hurdle this year. Okay. There you go. Heard it here first. Um, okay. So the uh, beauty of the NFL, obviously, is that teams can go from the depths of the league to becoming contenders the very next year. We've seen it in recent years, obviously, the Rams and the 49ers, just going from absolute zeros to heroes. Um, who do you think will be the biggest shock this coming season? Who's going who's gonna to be the dark horse in the NFL? And who do you think will could shock people and make it to the Super Bowl? Well, I mean, it's, it's hard to, to bet against Tom Brady mm. doing anything. You know? <laughs> um, so, I like what Tampa's doing. I like Bruce Arians as a person. I like him as a coach. I love his staff. I've known his staff. Most of his staff has been with him since he was at Temple. Mm. Either they played for him at Temple or they coach with him. I mean, Todd Bowles and Kevin Ross and, you know, I mean, the guys that just love Bruce Arians. And I think their, their defense is really coming on. They showed that the last six weeks last year. Um, I like what Tampa's doing. I like what Arizona's doing. I think mm. Arizona's going to give people a lot of problems. Mm. I love Kyler Murray. I loved him in Oklahoma. I loved him last year as the hands-down rookie of the year. And most players take their biggest jump between the first and the second year. And if Kyler Murray does that, then the Arizona Cardinals, you know, along with DeAndre Hopkins and Larry Fitzgerald and mm. Kenyon Drake and an improved offensive line, I think the Cardinals can make a big jump this year. Okay, so I know you get this question a lot, but I have to ask. Um, the finger. <laughs> so you've got a heavily mutilated finger from your time playing on the O-line. There it is. Wow. Yeah. <laughs> um, and that was in the, the face mask of Randy White. Is that correct? Yeah, well, it was in a, it, it wasn't the face mask. It was in his pads. Oh, okay. I just grabbing them. It was, um, you know, we were practice, Thousand Oaks, and like guys were wearing the tight jerseys in practice. He got caught up between his shoulder pad and his jersey. Ooh. And, you know, it just got jerked. Got jerked right out of the joint. And, um, you know, I was able to put it back in the joint, but it, it never really went back to its original form. And so it was like a badge of honor. I never got it fixed. Um, I felt like I joined the bad pinky club and the bad finger club that a lot of NFL players share. And um, it's my, you know, it's it, it's my badge of honor, Sebastian. Nice. How often do you get asked to, for, um, from people to see it if you're out in public or that kind of well, thing? Well, today was the first time today 
but usually daily, Sebastian. You, know, you, you kept up the you kept up the streak of every single day. Somebody okay. asked me about it, so I appreciate that from you. <laughs> okay, perfect. Um, I just want to ask you some quick fire questions quickly. Are you ready? Yep. Fantastic. Okay, so what's your favorite takeout meal? Uh, I can't eat pizza in a box. Um, I, I'd probably say like, I could eat ribs every single day of my life. So mm. I'll say I'll say baby back ribs. Nice. Can't go wrong with that. Okay, so dogs or cats? Oh, dogs all the way. Dogs. Twitter or Instagram? Bigger dogs rather than smaller dogs. Twitter or Instagram, social media? Mm, Twitter's been good to me. Um, most people have kind of uh, kind of a hate love-hate relationship. I, I love Twitter. Beatles or Stones? Oh, <laughs> um, gosh. I never saw the Beatles live, but I see the Rolling Stones a bunch. I saw them wow. last in Cuba three or four years ago. I'll take the Stones. Stones, okay. Um, favorite sports film of all time? Brian Song. Brian okay. Song. In fact, it was just the 50th year anniversary, I think, of Brian Piccolo's death. My brothers went to Wake Forest, where Brian Piccolo went to school. Mm. And I think I've shed a tear every time I've watched Brian Song. Who, in your opinion, is the greatest quarterback of all time? I fell in love with Johnny Unitas when mm. I was a little kid. I, I mean, I, um, I, I, I know I wore it 19. I knew I loved him wearing the horseshoes. I played for the Colts. Mm. Um, I'd have to say he's from Pittsburgh. I'm from Pittsburgh. Uh, I'll say Johnny Unitas. And finally, as an ex-offensive lineman, would you rather make a Super Bowl winning tackle or block or receive a Super Bowl winning touchdown pass? Well, since um, I was basically a lineman my whole life, um, I can appreciate what linemen do so that somebody can catch that winning touchdown pass. Mm. I'll say make the key block for okay. a winning touchdown pass would be something that, you know, that would be a sweet dream for the rest of my life. Fantastic. Baldy, thank you so much for coming on Seb Talk Sports. I really appreciate your time. Where can people find you on social media and also on the internet? Hey, thanks, Sebastian. Well, I'm, I'm on the NFL Network pretty much daily. I've got a new show out called Film Sessions this week. Kurt Warner and myself uh, are in the film with Amari Cooper from the Dallas Cowboys. Mm. He shows us the tricks of his trade. That's on Saturday night on NFL Network at 8 o'clock in East. You can find me at Baldy NFL on Twitter and, um, and on Instagram. And you can follow me, um, you know, on Facebook. So uh, I'm on all the, all the social media platforms and they can hit me up at any time. I usually try to respond whenever I can. Fantastic. I'll make sure to leave all your links below so people can find you. Thanks, Sebastian. And there you go. Boldy himself stops by on Seb Talk Sports, one of the very best in the world at what he does and a brilliant guy. There are many more great guests coming very soon, so stay tuned right here on Seb Talk Sports. And to take us out as usual, here's another great track by David Wilson. Catch you soon, guys.